Can't work, part one. The phrase can't work can apply to lots of different experiences. We may, for example, have a piece of writing to do and we feel mysteriously unable to settle down to work. We may settle down to work, only to experience a whole range of torments, a throbbing self-criticism, a strangled feeling of inarticulateness, the dull gnawing of feeling empty and having no ideas to express. However, reflecting on your particular experience and what is getting in the way for you when you try to work can lead to new insights, changes in how you think and work, and a greater confidence that you can work. I want to acknowledge also what a painful problem this can be and how many people struggle with it at one time or another. It would also be important not to see struggles with work or work blocks entirely in isolation from other difficulties that you might be having. Very often working can become a problem because our mood is low or we lack motivation or we're feeling too anxious. You might need to seek help more specifically for those underlying problems. But sometimes being able to work even a little more effectively and gain the satisfaction and pleasures from doing so can help in itself to lift your mood. This podcast is designed to be listened to in two parts. In the first part, I will outline some of the underlying reasons why you might be struggling to work at this time. And in the second, we'll offer some practical strategies to help you get working again. It's important to listen to both sections and in the correct order, though you may choose to take a short break between the two. The material for this podcast derives from a weekly workshop that we run at the counselling service. It uses ideas and material that have been shared there without obviously using any specific personal problems and stories. It's also based on literature research and ideas concerned with work and blocks to work. We always start the Can't Work workshop by saying that at the end of the 90 minutes, the four participating students will be asked to name one underlying reason why they might be struggling to work at the moment and one practical strategy from all the reasons and strategies that we talk about. The reason why it seems useful to boil it down to one of each of these things, one underlying reason and one practical strategy, is because we could talk and talk about this kind of thing and that in itself might be a procrastination. You could become an expert on why you're not working and ideas about how to work without actually beginning to do the work you want to do. Equally, when one is stuck and maybe very anxious about the situation, one might be looking for the perfect answer, the absolute solution before you start to move forward. But maybe there isn't a perfect answer. And I would invite you instead to, in one sense, lower your expectations because you might not get perfection but in another sense, raise them so that you could allow in one underlying reason and one practical strategy from all the things discussed in this podcast that could make maybe a small, but maybe a very significant difference to you and to your work. So I'm going to outline and discuss seven possible underlying reasons that might apply to you. And then in part two, offer seven practical strategies to get you working again. Firstly, 
the underlying reasons. Number one, fear of judgment. Very often, people put off work because of a fear of being criticised and judged. It feels preferable not to produce work rather than to produce and risk it being attacked. Oxford can sometimes seem a too competitive and judgmental place, especially so if you're used to having been praised and rewarded for your work achievements previously. Some people imagine on coming here that there must have been a mistake when they were offered a place. It's natural to take some time to settle and feel you belong, but for some people they experience what has been called the imposter syndrome. This seems to affect people at all levels of the university. Even some professors might worry that there was an error, that they're not up to it, and they'll ultimately be, be found out. Coming here, then, may have shaken your confidence. And this might be making it difficult to settle into work and feel you belong academically and you can face the inevitable criticism of your work. You might have the feeling, too, that there is no separation between your work and you. Your work is you. Because you fear that your work is not good enough and will be judged harshly, you believe that you too are just not good enough. It might be especially difficult to produce work if it feels to you that so much is riding on the reception of your work and that any criticism of it is an attack on you personally. It's hard sometimes to remember that you are here to learn, to receive and act on feedback, and you really aren't expected to be perfect or brilliant. It's hard sometimes to give yourself the time and permission to learn and develop if you fear being criticised and feel it is safer to do little or nothing. Number two, the internal saboteur. Sometimes the criticism is mostly coming from inside yourself, though it may have been learned from internalising the criticisms or fierce expectations of others. You feel that anything you do is never going to be good enough. This is tied to ideas of perfectionism. To be worthwhile at all, you have to produce work that is perfect. Better perhaps not to work than to have to hand in something that you feel is inadequate. The imagined disappointment of that can feel unbearable. This is based on an illusion that you could produce perfect work anyway, and a refusal or fear of allowing yourself any satisfaction from work which is simply good enough. It's also ultimately self-defeating. You might feel frozen even writing a sentence on the screen because you will interrogate it, criticise it and yourself for it. Dropping this anxious desire to be perfect is hard but necessary to allow yourself to gain some satisfaction from your work and also to allow yourself the space to make progress. You need to unfreeze yourself in order for your brain to engage thoughtfully and creatively in your work. Number three, the dangers of potential. You may be living in and off your potential. You may have been told that you have great potential. Perhaps you heard this from teachers at school and perhaps they both praised you for it, but also complained that you never worked hard enough. You have such potential, if only you could do the work. It's good to feel that you think you might be so bright. What can be more scary is to try to realise 
that potential. Easier sometimes not to work and to stay thinking that you could be great if, rather than face the fear that you might be just okay at the moment. Of course, it can help to have some big fantasies about how good you are if this helps to get you working. But the only way to be very good is to do the work. Some people have got by at school, for example, by being bright and not really having to do too much work. Or maybe they benefited from having teachers motivate and organise them. It can be difficult to start to find a more structured, methodical, thorough way of working independently. Number four, two fingers to the world. Maybe you're not doing much because you're angry or resentful. You just don't want to work because someone else is telling you you have to. This raises important questions of whether you want to or have chosen to do this work or whether you feel that someone else is pulling the strings. You might be angry at being told what to do and tutors or supervisors or the university itself might feel like the teachers or parents who dictated terms when you were younger. Are you fed up with being a good, compliant student? Maybe you want to please someone by studying here, but are conflicted. Part of you really doesn't want to please. Maybe you might be fed up with making someone else proud and happy. It might be important to acknowledge your anger and resentment if you want to freely choose whether to work or not. Number five. Scared to succeed. Perhaps you're not working because you fear success. Maybe you might feel guilty about being successful and doing better than others or leaving others behind. Maybe you feel that you would rather avoid the envy of others, which you imagine you would experience if you were to work hard and succeed. And what if you were to work and do well on a weekly essay or in a tutorial or exam, wouldn't others, friends, parents, tutors, be expecting you to keep it up? It might feel that it just sets the bar higher and you're tired of always having to push yourself to do more and achieve more. Number six, trying to stop the clock from ticking. Maybe if you were to work hard at this time, this phase of your life would come to an end. And where would you be then? You might, for example, be in the final months of your doctorate and finding all kinds of reasons to stall. Maybe you fear the loss of your life as a student or fear the next stage, which might be uncertain and feel unsafe. Ending any kind of course of study marks a transition. It might be hard to face moving on and imagine successfully doing so. It might be hard to leave behind the familiarity of the present. Are you postponing because you fear that transition? Number seven, waiting for the fairy godmother of motivation. Maybe you think that work is supposed to be easy. Maybe for you it mostly has been in the past. Or work is something that you should always love or feel passionately about. Maybe you're waiting to feel inspired before you start. This rather romantic notion might mean it's hard to get down to work when you just don't quite feel like it. 
Maybe you find it hard to bear the anxious feelings that can arise when you start work. This might be because you think that what you have to produce needs to be brilliant or perfect, or maybe that the task you're starting seems to be so overwhelming that you fear you will never complete it, or you might get lost in it. Can you bear the anxiety of starting work when you know it will be less than comfortable to do so? Can you push yourself across that threshold? <laughs>